0: So my job really is to make sure that um, the UK as a whole obviously is exposed to Technogym and what we can offer, uh, but it's also as well about the education of our sales team and and, and master trainers as well.
1: Cool. So I, I want to kind of start just by going through a little bit of your background. So yeah.
0: like how did you, first of all, how did you even get into the fitness industry? Um, so my, my journey has actually been... Um, Probably the same as quite a few people, really, in a way, where well, I come more from a sporting background. So um, for when I was the age of about five, um, I was into football. I um, was actually scouted to play for, for West Ham at oh, wow. the age of five, yeah. At um, five? Yes, at five. <laughs> um, only to, to find out that they actually, about two months later, got their... Um, their scouting and, their, uh, and so on taken away from them for poaching young children. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, so okay. I didn't actually get to play for them. Yeah. Um, and then ever since that, I mean, I've always been into sport and, and like I said, football and progressed through different types of clubs, um, mostly West London, the South. Um, for me, from the age of um, uh, about 11 to, to 16, was where I spent most of my time at, at Portsmouth. Um, where I went through the youth system there, played a couple of reserve team games, football obviously in my age group as well, um, and when it came to the, the kind of D-Day of getting that um, excellent contract or whatever it might have been, it was, um, I was unfortunate not to get into that process, but then I was picked up at, at Queen's Park Rangers. So um, I spent three good years at QPR um, through the youth team and uh, made my professional debut, I think it was around about 18 years old. So. Wow. Um, Playing in 30, 000, in front of thirty thousand people is quite a quite a um, weird experience. Yeah, and especially when when you're in that kind of bubble, it's it's you don't appreciate it until you've actually until you're out and doing other things. In, yeah, or you change kind of um, jobs and stuff. How actually. long did that last? So I played. Um, so I was two years on, on a YTS contract. Um, then I went one year for an extension contract, um, which is where I then made my first team appearances. Um, reserve teams and so on so that was um, so a good three or four years yeah. Um, and unfortunately then I got released by Queen's Park Rangers and then I started to come into like the more kind of conference uh, league um, clubs um, and that's where I kind of revisited what it is I wanted to do um, I dedicated my life to football mm-hmm. training two, three times a week and then sometimes you play two games over the weekend for so many years that I started to rethink like is it worth me sitting um on the bench on a cold night <laughs> at Thurrock for yeah. example, um, with a bar, yeah, yeah. Um, and then getting called on for the last two minutes of a game, yeah. um, not getting paid great, not getting paid sometimes at all. So for me it was he was rethinking, reevaluating actually what, what is yeah. it I want to do because again, most professionals don't don't do well at school I was the same um, didn't want to do anything other than football other than football or sports, so for me that wasn't my prime focus. Um, luckily, as I was with QPR, we we went through, obviously, some education and training. So we spent some time going through. And actually, that's where I did my my level two uh, for gym certification. So I was already on that pathway. Um, And luckily enough, my friend actually owned uh, a gym. And he's like, I need some staff. I need some help. Do you want to come in and I'll retrain you? So I actually went through the whole process from then whilst juggling my part-time football to do my level three, do circuits, those other qualifications and CPD. Um, and that's where I then found that balance and went, well, okay. So I can see not just the benefit to me, but the benefit to who I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than getting football and great, it was a great lifestyle and so on. But you, it starts to grind on you, It starts to grind you down as you, as you as you work through it. So I then started to do less and less football and more and more into personal training and, and trying to to build it that way. Right. Um, so yeah, I found fitness through through sport through through that. Um, that way, but also then I, I then progressed into what I like to call a bit more management and education, which is what I'm currently doing today. So from there, I went to working a bit in sales, um, some fitness manager roles in, in Fitness First. Um, then I found went into education, so working with Lifetime um, Training, um, the Training Room, Discovery Learning, a couple of a couple of names for over a five six year period, mm-hmm. where we deliver um, education courses just like yourself, level two, level three, um, S&C qualifications, um, CPD qualifications as well. So I then started to find that that was my calling as such. I wanted to to educate and to to kind of lead people um, in our industry, which is fantastic. Um, So yeah, that's how I've I've evolved over the, the years. Yeah, it's funny how you sort of,
1: at times you fall into stuff. And you kind of go, actually, uh, there's an opportunity there. And I always tell students, just say yes to stuff. Hmm. And you'll kind of figure out how to do it later on. It's not yeah. a problem. Like, um, like, to be fair, Technogym was a similar thing for me. Yeah. It was just, yeah, OK, I could do that. And then go ahead and figure out how exactly to make that happen yeah. and, and, and all that kind of stuff at a later date. Um, so I think that's, that's cool. That's a good story. Um, what, so how have things sort of changed in terms of your own training since those days? Yeah. I know you do a lot of CrossFit. Like (coughs) now so in order to keep competitive
0: I don't know why it's it's a weird one because again I think um, one of the things I've learned especially in in fitness is I was very sport specific driven so anything I did was built around football it was always about improving knee strength or improving stability whatever that was improving power um, shot accuracy that type of thing so you're not really consciously thinking about that fitness Mm -hmm. side of things as I then found myself coming into that gym environment, I think you fall really, really, um, I think you fall into categories like you see within fitness, so do you want to be this bodybuilder or yeah. strength, or do you want to tone up and be this lean machine? Mm-hmm. So I think um, everyone probably has gone through that phase. For me, I found a love for uh, bodybuilding. I like liked the way of training, very structured, you follow the routine, guess what, you get your results. Yeah. The same with any type of fitness, but. That's where I found myself. What I did find myself doing, though, is I blocking out other types of fitness. Right. I was very straight-minded, and this is the way to go. And this is probably before I started teaching and, and educating. It's actually, we, we've got, if you think about the fitness industry as itself, there is thousands of new trainers every single year. Yeah. Um, but also, there's no, there's no magic pill. No. So that's what makes it exciting. You have to be open to the possibilities of other types of training, nutrition, everything. Mm-hmm. And you can't be very very strict-minded. You couldn't get left behind. Correct, yeah, and that's what I was found, found out I was doing because some of my training, my my clients weren't getting results, or certain things I was doing wasn't getting results. So I was actually staying in the same rut until you start to incorporate other types of fitness. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, it was a weird way how I fell into CrossFit again because when you're educating, you meet so many new trainers or potential trainers, and they all have different um, likes, dislikes, mm-hmm. and the big thing that I saw, especially probably. It's going back now. What four or five years ago was people starting coming to our courses saying, "Are you CrossFit?" Yeah. And the first thing you used to say was, "No, no, no yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's not that's not fitness or a sport. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just mental because you hear all these bad stories. You hear about people breaking things and having long term back injuries and so on. So for me, it was more actually. Well, I don't know about this, which is really I know. Hopefully, know a lot of stuff, but I know I, I always try and. Indulge myself in things that people ask, so I have an answer. Yeah, whether it's nutrition, whether it's a way of training, lifestyle, whatever it is, because you should know as an educator, actually the benefits to everything. Yeah. So CrossFit was one of them. I didn't know. I was simply, I just did not know. That's bad. I just I've never know. done it. Yeah, um, I've done obviously Olympic lifting and teach that, but actually combining it with other types of exercises and, and why you do it is yeah. like. Mm,
1: Sounds
0: a bit yeah. Yeah. So um as
1: a, especially if you come from an Olympic lifting background. I think you sort of look at it and go, Ooh, the purist in me doesn't like going above five reps. Yeah. And blah blah blah. You know Isn't it's it? very easy to kind of go, Well that's that that's not how you do things. It's not yeah. how we how we do clean. So it's not Yeah, that. and
0: also you're never you're not really taught that as well. No. You look at um industry standards level two, three, you're not taught to combine no. those types of exercises. Um and you know Do I mean as many reps as possible? It's purely stated within the set guidelines of yes. three to five sets, that yeah. type of type of guidance. So, um, yeah. So for me, it was it was a big challenge. But what I also then did is I also wanted to set myself some goals. Um, for me, um, being quite tall and quite broad. Um, Quite easy to put on uh, muscle, mm-hmm. but for me it was more about flexibility, core stability, and or someone always wants to have that muscle up in them. They always want yeah, that. Yeah. That's their that one goal, and that was for me. That was what I wanted. If 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 CrossFit was that good, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and and I just fell in love with it pretty much from from day one, really, because it tests all those different skills, performances. You've got to have endurance. You've got to have strength, um, and also just not just only the type of training it's just also what it brings as a community yeah
1: that's a big one I think for me mm. uh, looking at it is if you notice the trends in our industry now are way more towards um, group sessions um, camaraderie yeah. uh, belonging to a team definitely uh, it's much more that way now
0: and I think I think the kind of what you touched on um, a minute ago about um, like being more from a football and a team orientated that's what I was missing from my training mm-hmm. um, when you go into the gym on your own it's not necessarily so a negative environment. You're on your own. Everyone's got headphones in. No one's mm-hmm. to talk. If you're going with a friend, you're there to do something. You're not there to actually try and kind of work work together as such. So yeah. what, what CrossFit does, it brings you as it It could be team workouts, it could be individual, but everyone's there to actually achieve them, their own type of performance. Not worried about the next person next to them because yeah. it's it's all down to obviously um, you as a performer, not not kind of that competitiveness that you get in a gym environment. It's yeah. a weird concept, if that makes sense. But I like
1: that. No, yeah. I think
0: it's good. And it also
1: allows, I think it allows you to let go of almost a control of mm-hmm. like bodybuilder style workouts. Yeah. Like there's an easy volume progression every week or whatever. It's Gross. a very easy blueprint to follow. Yeah. And you know you're doing more than you were last week. Therefore, the results will happen. Definitely. Whereas this is completely different. Like you could turn up and it's like, oh, you're going to start off with a 3K run. You know, I wasn't yeah. on the plan today. My legs hurt, yeah. so it's quite nice to have have that control taken away at times. Mm. Um, interesting. So, in, in terms of like your your role with Technogym, um, because you do stuff here, uh, we've done stuff together internationally. Correct. Yeah. Um, where's the lines blur a little bit? So yeah. you're expected to do a lot of different things. I know that from the conversation we've had on the phone. Mm. Italy-wise, because I get asked this all the time, like Italy-wise, how does how does that work in terms of the grand scheme in Gym internationally? How does that fit in?
0: In regards to education? Yeah.
1: Because um, we seem to be kind of, I mean, I know that ourselves, myself, you, um, there's a couple of others on our team who do quite a lot of work, yeah. it, whether it's going there consistently or creating content for them, that then gets used around the world. So how... How um, I'm trying to get to is is how Technogym is set up. It's not just we don't all work for Italy as the really? head office. We're all set up in different countries, and we all sort of put into the main pot, I guess. Yeah. So how how does your role as an education manager work with mm-hmm. that? So
0: I mean, obviously Italy is our is our head office. So that um, they obviously have the full control over the world institute of the education offering. I think um, one of the one of the key things that why the UK is so important is because of how uh, how uh, how Fast growing we are as a market. Mm. Um, so even though Italy is the, the creator and so on, what they do find is that the UK, the US, um, Spain, and Italy they all they all drive the trends. Yeah. So a lot of the trends, a lot of um, also as well where the trends are, you're going to have the best trainers in a sense because those sense. people are already creating, they're already delivering those mm. types of um, of experiences. Um, And I think for, um, especially um, when we look at the UK and and look at how many, um, not necessarily trainers, but how many um, facilities are, have a touch point with Technogym, they're always creating their own stuff. You look at things with with Nuffield Health um, and some other kind of boutique type um, uh, facilities as well in central London. You look at um, Fitness Space as well, up and coming franchise. Um, They're all creating their own different experiences with our our products. Yeah. But also as well is engaging content as well. Um, I mean regards to kind of how that works with Italy and that's why we have again I think because we have a, a highly kind of educated team in the UK as to that's why it attracts the Italians to to obviously utilise us as much as possible um, to give that experience right it's interesting because I've done people that
1: follow uh, me you know I've done mm. a few trips to Italy I did one in Asia yeah. um, and a lot of the stuff that I get called up for is Go and create an experience. Mm-hmm. It seems that seems to be the remit more and more, even yeah. in the UK. Um, if it's something where it might be right, this company might be on the edge of maybe purchasing a, a, a spin studio full of our stuff. Go and create an experience, yeah. and that seems to be way more now. Instead of just product, we've we've in my time here, we've definitely now branched out into much more of the. Mm-hmm total package or solution or whatever I guess.
0: I think as well it comes down to us as a, as a team as well. Um, you, you are clearly aware that I like to drive standards and have high expectations. Mm-hmm. I think because we follow those and you guys are our product experts as well that that rubs off across the other markets. Unfortunately some other markets um, as you're aware they don't have as many people or many highly qualified people working for them. Yeah. Um, so it's a different mindset in different countries. Like when you go to China and Japan, um, even to any European countries, unfortunately, they don't have the right people in place to be able to deliver that experience. Yeah. Um, so that's always the, the, the kind of detail I get as to um, why we support this and why we do that is because we are probably the best to be able to deliver that. Yeah. That hasn't always been the case. Mm. No. We, like,
1: it was, I think it took... Me being here six years to get the first trip to Italy, yeah. um, five or six years. Uh, so it's like that. It, it, it's almost like now you kind of go listen. Most most trainers, if you show a real willingness to work, all that kind of stuff, you're right. going to get an opportunity. Which seems to be, I think, the link seems to be yourself yeah. um, being able to help us get over to, to do these Definitely. more exciting things, which is mm-hmm. great. So, um, where do you kind of see for us as as Technogen, Where do you see the big difference? Being in terms of obviously what we offer as trainers or whatever, but in terms of the quality of the kit, what do you think is the main thing that we've kind of got over competitors?
0: I think if you look at the whole solution, not necessarily just the equipment. Um, for majority of people who probably listen to this, probably don't understand what goes in the background when you look at everything from once the person, the salesperson, obviously cr- creates your your facility via CAD. A CAD drawing by going into logistics and how that goes round the whole of the the whole of the um, uh, the technogym um, kind of what would you call it?
1: What do you call it? Ecosystem. Ecosystem. Right? ecosystem. Perfect.
0: Good word. Yeah. So a yeah. technogym word. the Ecosystem. Um, how many points for <laughs> So as it goes round that ecosystem, I don't think um, probably other competitors have not necessarily a strong uh, ecosystem, but it's also the people behind it. The people who work for Technogym really do love Technogym. Yeah. Um, you cut them the yellow yeah, it's yeah. that type of, and also for us, the US master trainers, that, that is the ethos we want to create, is that everyone loves to work for Technogym, not just because the products are great, but also the people who sit behind it. Mm. It's well-oiled, um, but it's also then, uh, uh, the big key part for us is adding that value, yeah. which no one else really does. And that's a, that's a really, I think, an untapped market, um, for other competitors, because um, I mean, you know how many sessions we do yearly and yeah. what we dedicate ourselves on. Um, sometimes we can hit between 700 and 900 education sessions a year. Yeah. Um, whereas I've, I've noted, and when you speak about other um, product providers, they don't offer any education. I think that's the biggest key thing is yeah. that for people to really enjoy your products or to enjoy the experience, they have to have an experience. Yes. If you don't give them an experience on a product, um, why would you like it? Yeah. If you've already got thoughts that a treadmill, a treadmill, or yeah. a bike's a bike. It's, it's funny. Now we go out to a place. I'll
1: go to a place and go, right, we're going to be doing this. And it used to be, first question, this is yeah. always a joke, right? What time do we finish? Correct, yeah. Every time. Um, what time's lunch? What time's lunch what time do we finish? So now <clears throat> it seems to be people know we're there all day. Yeah. Um, whereas before, I remember people kind of going, could you just show me how this, how this works? And then uh, I've got clients, so I've got a dip off it in an hour. And it, that used to be the case. Um, the people come in, do a little bit, and then head off. I've got the gist. It's great. Whereas now, people are blocking out the whole day to make sure they can spend it with us because they don't want to miss out. So there's way more that's going into those sessions now, which yeah. is brilliant. And on our part, there's more structure. Um, so as a trainer, it's, there's way more structure to those sessions. I know how to deliver all those sessions. I'm not just relying on creativity anymore. Yeah which it used to be, it used to Definitely. be. Definitely,
0: and I think that's all been down to, I mean, um, since I've been here, it's all been down to just really trying to create structure and standardization, and I think that's one thing over the last two years that the president, um, Neri Alessandro, has tried to create, is um, putting more more money behind the education, because mm. it's huge. Yeah. Um, this year, later this year, we'll, we'll see more upgrades around education. We've got, obviously, the online learning platform, yeah. which trainers, facilities can use to look at products as well. So have two-hour courses on products, as well as obviously our on-site training. But now we're starting to see obviously more foundation-type training, so S&C lifting, working with um, different types of fitness, um, for example, female fitness, kids' fitness, and so on. Um, But now we're starting to go into more that content-driven. So how do we now create those experiences on the gym floor? Um, We've got some fantastic products that can sit in and create different experiences, but um, I think the one thing we're lacking is how do, how do you create that on the gym floor than just training so yeah. what, what content can we support with yeah. um, so with we'll, we'll obviously format training that's going to be a massive, a massive boost for us and also for the customers and, and trainers using it because yeah. it gives you a really good understanding of how to use it how to deliver it key coaching points mm-hmm. Um, exercise as well, which is another key thing.
1: Yeah. So people that don't
0: people won't know, um, yeah. format training. Give mm-hmm. a little like, overview of where that where we're going with that. Yeah, so format format training is um, is more format experiences. So um, a format, for example, one one we know already in, in a um, in the fitness and trees group cycle. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic format. Um, so it's all about the product, the 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 environment, the lighting, the music, um the the programming Mm -hmm. and that's all digital based so if we take cycle as an example we then have four other formats so you have um, skill uh, meal bootcamp, you have skill row classes, um, skill run classes and... um, God you're testing me on the last one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Skill bike? Not skill bike, yeah. Omnia class as well, sorry. Ben Jones will kill me for that. Yeah. so, I'm So tagging, when I put this out yeah, in there, tag it. Out. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Functional. Yeah. Um so yeah, those those five those those five key formats are what we're focusing on. Because um especially when you look at Omni and you look at um at group cycle, they're our most common formats currently in the market. They've been along for a very long time. The other three, for example, at the moment are very, very new. Mm. So how do we really try and um capitalise on that as well? Yeah. Um so, I think yeah. it's the Omni one that's interesting though, because like
1: we launched that five years ago at Omnia yeah i probably say it's a bit longer a bit longer yeah. and it just um, it's great but we were kind of going oh everyone else has got their rigs we need to have it felt that way yeah. here's our rig mm. instead of it being really any with any kind of ethos behind it of Definitely. this is how we train on it so we had like the move train play methodology but it was so wide open and I think sometimes similar to like a crossfit yeah. you like to have a bit more of a script Definitely. this is how we use it here's the program yeah. off you go and I think people get on with that like you look at the world of group fitness and people get on with having definitely. a having a format. that is definitely something we,
0: we when you look at the the, um, the strong contenders at the moment like Les Mill you look yeah. at what they've been creating since the early um, 2000s yeah. um, with their, their baggy cargo pants and stuff, and you see exactly what they've been doing. That's exactly part the of being team. People love I mean. it, so that's something we're trying to to try and build into what is format education. So yes. you feel like you're part of a team. Um, quarterly releases, weekly releases. Um, a chance to obviously probably potentially visit Italy. Do yeah. you know what I mean, for more upskill head trainer type qualifications? So it's all it's all within that type of process.
1: Yeah, amazing that that hasn't been um, kind of followed sooner. I guess correct. Yeah, it's it's been obviously that's been around for a while. So yeah. it's it's amazing that it
0: hasn't really. Yeah, I think as well when you when you think about who Technogym are, either mm. comparing themselves to a Les Mills, Les Mills that is what Les they do. What they do. Yeah, yeah I think Technogym. So we can't fall into that, that's what we can do because the time and effort and money that goes into a Les Mills release is is ridiculous, enormous. So when you think about what Technogym are trying to provide, um, there's a whole host across their portfolio, so it is a lot harder and challenging to do.
1: Now, are we going to be on top of people in terms of um, standardising their delivery? In, on, as in on the club, on yeah, the gym floor. Correct. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, as part of again the whole part of the education or the product is you buy the product, but you also get the education and support. So you still get the product training, but also how to how to deliver the first release of formats. Yeah. So going through the first release, how do you deliver it? The key coaching points, progressions, regressions, everything you need as a trainer will be built into that. that yeah, yeah. Education and support. Cool.
1: Um, so I wanted to also I want to talk to you a little bit about um, what you think. And I'm not not one of our team, but what yeah. do you think in the industry makes like a top trainer nowadays? Mm. What do you think? How, what makes people successful? Oh, Good one.
0: It's two two questions. Mm-hmm. What makes a good trainer? What makes them successful? Yeah. Um, I think again, if we if we have a look at what makes a good trainer from my perspective I think you've got to be number one is you've got to be open to trends or you've got to keep with the trends Um, I think yes you're going to have your specific ways of training Um, something we use in Techno Gym quite a lot is um, you have your own ways of training but when you have your Techno Gym t-shirt on you're open to every single possibility of training because there's such a a vast amount of products and the same should be kind of Kind of said for fitness professionals as well. There's so many different ways of people how how they want to train. There shouldn't be the right way. Yeah. It's the right way for the for the user or for the member. Um, whether that is sitting on a treadmill for 20 minutes or sort of standing or walking. Or <laughs> but um, if that is it, or if it's playing a sport three four times a week like judo or something, that, that's yeah. still a that's still their their preference and way of training. How can you how can you as a, a trainer support that person's lifestyle? Um, <clears throat> So you don't, yeah, I think main thing is not to get into or have your own set ways because, like you know, it doesn't work for everyone. Everyone's completely different.
1: Second, you do that. It minimizes a
0: market, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. So unless
1: your market is, you know, whatever. It could be weight loss, yeah. in which case that's probably the biggest market. Correct. Um, yeah, when you start saying, when you're going to train, you know, whatever, combat sports athletes, then your market's very small now. Definitely. So if you're very set in your ways, yeah, okay. So what about in terms of success, like progression through a career, having a long career yeah. in the industry, what do you
0: think? Um, I think as well, just going back quickly on what makes a great trainer as well, is you. yes, you've got to be open to trends, but you've also got to be able to relate to people. That is the key thing. I think too, too many trainers that we see today rely on thing other things to control, um, not to so control, but to to engage with them they their, their, their clients or their, their users um, and what I mean is that there's so many digital applications so many things that people can just oh just use this or do that but actually not taking the time to actually be that person to interact with them yeah because um, I, I think like I said there's so many the, the end user now is, is, is capable now of just searching anything online yeah you um, can yeah, found out if you did yeah you, you can google everything yeah um, so why couldn't they use that to help them so they're, they're a lot more clued up so you have to be a lot more you have to kind of prove your worth a little bit more I think yeah. you have to be able to prove what it is you you can offer them that Google cousin yeah, so yeah. I think it's um, that's a challenge yeah but as long as you're open as long as you're you're keeping up with the trends and you don't have to be that I'm not saying being creative you've got to try and you've got you've got to be knowledgeable but creative is in don't give them stupid exercises or things you've just read or you've, you've followed someone on Instagram and they've got this crazy workout because yeah. it's Instagram yeah do you know what I mean it's 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 it's, it's no qualification is it no it's not apparently then I think there is but oh, no. really? <laughs> <laughs> it's going that way it's going that way yeah the the level four Instagram yeah certification um so I think yeah it's it's how do you apply that knowledge communicate and how do you support is the really key things for for a great trainer staying up with the trends is a massive thing so um, so yeah Um, how do you make yourself successful I think those three again you have to have those but um, I think as well when you look at um, like I said if if you're staying on top of the trends and what I mean by trends is not necessarily just um not Trends, yeah, and working out, but also equipment. So yeah. how that equipment can benefit you. Yeah. And actually you being a product expert as well. So when I'm using a treadmill, what are the benefits to all those programs or what they're offering? Because that's what they're designed for. They're designed to actually enhance someone's fitness journey. Yeah. They're not just there to run on. Yeah. It's heart rate driven. It's it's hill climbs. It's it's working gradient. Do you know what I mean? So it's looking at those different ways of, of engagement because those are the things that are going to really create um, that need for the user and you as a trainer, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, no, because you're, you're showing them something that they wouldn't normally do. They they're not going to search and stuff. They're going to hit Quick Start, yeah. and
0: head off. And it's yeah. trying to make it as functional as possible, isn't it? Yeah, as we're aware. I mean, you've got all this fantastic equipment, but how do you combine that with simple day activities, for example? How do you combine that with simple movements? Mm-hmm. I think with some tron trainers are sometimes too eager to please and show everything they've got every single session but there's nothing there's no, there's no progression there's okay. no yeah you can't adapt that you've, you've given everything you've got yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Just no, that makes sense the, the, I think the interesting one for me and what you were saying there is it, as well is people becoming successful
0: hmm.
1: is not I think you obviously have to have knowledge no question but it's at times I think knowledge is used as like a weapon yeah. against your clients yeah. so we're kind of we're overloaded with, with kind of science hmm. to make ourselves look good and actually, that's not relatable at all. Yeah. The trick is knowing it and bringing it down to a level that is relatable um, so people understand. Correct. I think a lot, I've, I've heard so many times that people just look completely dumbfounded by their trainer They yeah. think, well, neither one of you are having a good time. Like, they're not, why would they want to come back to you? Yeah. Like, the whole point is being able to make it fun. Definitely. Um, and something they wouldn't do on their own.
0: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: What about in, like a master trainer then? Mm-hmm. You've, so you've been in the industry for 10 years, you want to make a step up yeah. and you want to work with someone like a technogym team what do yeah. you because you seem to run yours very much like a football manager runs their squad um in terms of this is everyone kind of can cover the basics everyone yeah. could do everything however this is my person for this job if if, if we need to make a sale this is the person that goes yeah. yeah so what, what do you think? in terms of someone looking to become a master trainer in yeah. technogym or otherwise what yeah. do you think
0: they need to be doing I think again, going back to the points I mentioned there, what, what we tend to look for with, with an educator is is kind of exactly that, the title, educator. Mm-hmm. An educator to me is someone who is who is open, mm-hmm. um, enthusiastic. Um, knowledge is always, obviously, a positive, but but again, you can teach people knowledge, yeah. but you can't teach people a personality. True. In anything, yeah. so personality's got to be there, the ethos has got to be there, um, the look, the feel, um, mm-hmm. And also, as well, like again, again keeping up with trends, yeah, um, and being able to deliver an experience. So, the, I think the thing with the, with a mass trainer role is it really does depend on depending on the focus, if that makes sense. So, yeah. the way that we would normally recruit is we recruit either from mm. a new product focus or a kind of new vision as okay. such. So. We could we could look at trainers once a year, twice a year in different regions, just to see what's out there, to give some people some some um, experiences to what the process is, how we interview, and so on, um, and again get a feel as to what we're seeing. Um, but a lot of people think it's down to knowledge. Um, we have numerous amounts of people um, sending in their their kind of um, CVs with 30, 35 years. Not a perfect, not a problem, but what we find is that's very specific, especially when it's a specific type of knowledge, like strength and conditioning. Um, So we have to have a a playing field where everyone's on the same level, but also you have the expertise. Um, With most of our education workshops, as you know, it is about creating, number one, health and safety, but also creating experience. So by covering all those points, then that makes, for me, a, a really good master trainer. Someone who can really communicate, who understands fitness as a whole, mm-hmm. and what I mean is open to the trends, open to uh, different facilities, different ethoses, different journeys, um, as well as obviously being product experts as well. So how well can they take in information related back? Yeah. I th- is it, for, for me, I think there's,
1: there's, I get asked, obviously, I get asked all the time about how did you get into a tech gym, and whatever, and there seems to be a more set route now in terms of, of um, what you're looking for and all that kind of stuff. But it's, there's way more than, than you see on Instagram. There's way more than just, oh, I'm well, here today doing this job. Cool. There's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes with pre-emails and phone calls and health and safety stuff, and is the site even open yet? And all that kind of stuff we've got to make sure we do. Definitely. Um, and I don't think people fully it's, – it's, it's a big job. Yeah. If you're doing three days a month, also, it's a big job.
0: Also, as well, you've got to be able to manage anywhere from – Five to twenty personal trainers in front of you all yeah. have different goals or outcomes they want from the day. Yeah, and as you're aware, depending on what health club it is, those can be challenging. Yeah, um, it's not just as simple as showing them and following your lesson plan when you've got two guys who want to just sit on their phone and take pics yeah. of each other or whatever, and then yeah. you've got people who, who haven't um, haven't even qualified. Yeah. And so you've got different levels of of knowledge in a room. How do you how do you
1: um, mesh them up together. Yeah.
0: How do you manage that? How do you educate and make sure everyone's getting at least something from that session? Yeah. Like you said, it's making it relatable as well
1: because yeah. you could go in
0: there with the scientific but as you know, some, again, some trainers, whether it's longer duration industry, might have forgotten that. Yeah. New, new new trainers in the industry tend to might have just blown over their head a little bit so you have to relate it to them as well.
1: Like you said, you, you, I've had spin courses before now where there's like one trainer on it, yeah. and the rest of staff from around the building that aren't—they're not qualified in fitness at all. Yeah. So it's trying to get across the fact that, you know, it, it might even be some sort of fairly simple concept to, to you and I talking about even heart rate zones or whatever, yeah. and that's not relatable in the slightest. Uh, so it's a case of trying to do that on the fly, um, yeah. which is and, and sometimes,
0: as you know, it's you plan, you plan, and plan, and plan, and you know that this is there's there's a lot of equipment to get through. It's yeah. going to be a long day. Um, and you've been told you've got ten trainers. You turn up, you've only got two, yeah. um, and they're not qualified. So actually, the whole the whole kind of direction of the day has to change. Yeah. And that's how you. That's how again we have to be adaptable as trainers because yeah. we have to be able to take it to a top level, but also bring it down to actually what do these what do these guys just need to know if they're yeah. just. Duty um, managers, or, or just um, new newly qualified level two the sales
1: teams are quite a common one as well. Yeah. The sales teams always a big one. So what are the what are the cliff notes of the things that I need to be talking about when I'm doing a show round Definitely. at the gym? How can I
0: demonstrate that yeah. and take someone through a sales process? Yeah. So I think there's lots of different um, different strings to the bows on the day of, of education, and that's that's really the key thing that we're seeing is every day is completely different, which yeah. is fantastic. And obviously, some days you get some really good sessions where it goes to. to the, the flow and the structure, yep, and then the other days, and then like, the other 10 the other,
1: days, <laughs> the other 100 that goes, <laughs> to <a> car crash. <laughs> the amount of phone calls coming back in the car. Yeah. You've got time for a quick chat, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> chaos from the day, right? <laughs> it's funny, it, may, it cracks me up there because it is such a, a varied job. Mm. Um, so it's all, It's very interesting to, to see, and also it's interesting to see. Um, the different I like it because it's, it's variety you go off to different places and all yeah. that kind of stuff but you're meeting all these different trainers and uh, one of the things that stands out to me is, is certain health clubs have, seem to have their finger right on the pulse mm. and across the board you're surprised if there's two people in the group that aren't listening yeah. out of ten like you're surprised at that and other ones you go to you're surprised if two, are, it, like, two of any of them are listening it's a very varied um, industry in our sense yeah. so it gives us a real I think a leg up on understanding well this this project might might not work for you because you're you're not engaged with it. Definitely, um, it is interesting.
0: Mm. And, and again, coming back to like what makes it. Great, I think that's one of the key the things that we are starting to see as a company now is we have um, great owners and facilities who can see this experience, not to say working, but mm. really maximizing the gym floor experience. But might not have a gym um, trainer team to be actually to be able to deliver that. Yeah. and that's I think one of the biggest challenges we have is being able to take that person from 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 a lower level to a high level in a space of a day which yeah. is really really impossible yeah it's hard to um, do because not only are you teaching them the format the product you've got to try and teach them how to coach Yeah, which for some people especially on the gym floor they're not had to do that no. you don't get taught that in level 2 and 3 you get taught how to communicate in a one to one environment not yeah. a, a and some experience. people don't
1: want to do that they're not, mm. they're not ready to do it or whatever they might grow into it Yeah, and it is yeah, it's not you get a little bit resistance at times from that sort of thing definitely
0: but I think if you look at again at the moment the biggest trend is is fitness in boutique definitely in central London and I think if you look at what they're doing which is quite clever where they're actually employing um, more kind of people from art and from drama and actually training them as level 2 and 3 so these people can give an experience can give you the, the, the bells and whistles, uh, but they do have the product, the, the kind of A&P knowledge behind it as well, and why you're delivering it. Um, it. goes back
1: to you said earlier, you can teach a personality, so find the best personality to make them yeah. trainers, so it's a great um, way to do
0: it. And, and again, it, the, the boutique market is about experience, so yes, you've got the product and so on, trainer the trainers are really key part to that, because that's what keeps people coming back. It's not a gym membership type of of environment, is purely around you buy your tokens, you buy your sessions and you come in. So for them it's about turnover, it's about trying to keep people engaged. Yeah. Um, you look at what they do with social media as well, being a huge impact on, on what they do. Yeah, massive. Um, But we're seeing more commercial, clubs, trust, they're all starting to pick up on that Instagram, Facebook, that's the yeah. way to communicate certain things. How you get people more involved, how you build a community. Yeah. So you're starting to see that filter down into those those um,
1: those those types of areas.
0: The boutique size filtering down too. Mm. Like Blaze at David
1: Lloyd is Correct. a big one now, and the, the Nuffield Health projects are really big as well, so yeah. they're obviously doing their thing. Um, I think the only challenge there is you're wedging a product and a an ethos and an environment into club that may not have the people to do it and you have to make them ready on the fly so that's the only thing that could dilute it down doesn't always but can dilute it down definitely um whereas i know the recruitment days for like a one rebel are enormous and Mm. it's rigorous it's really hard to get through it's really difficult to become a trainer for them they really put you through the mill um because they've got a brand to protect yeah
0: but also as well they want they want the best or they want to be able to give their users the best experience i mean i think um I think one the the sweat boutique event from um, UK Active in, early yeah. in the year there was um there was a panel about the kind of induction process and so on. I mean for for a boutique trainer it's something like over it's over eight to sixteen weeks is it before you can teach? Wow. Um and so yeah very rigorous yeah. um in regard and that's depending on obviously the boutique yeah but um some might have to be able to not only not only do three interviews and practical interviews where you're delivering a class, yeah. but then they have to follow or they have to do every single type of class after have the design deliver again. So yeah. that period is, is, yeah, it's, it's really kind of in depth. And I think that's yeah. what a lot of commercial clubs could take an example of, but it's down to, again, um, the money behind it and the time behind it and yeah. also the, the trainer as well.
1: Yeah. And it proves in longevity as well. If you look at, um, Like I know that when they launched Blaze, David Lloyd, I know it was a big recruitment process and interviews, and you had to go and teach this and teach that, and it was a case of a a selection process. Um, How how uh, stringent I guess that process is in a year's time will be interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I don't, I've got no reason to believe that one rebel are going to ease up on their sort of process anytime soon. But I wonder how, if they're going to keep that up, if the product carries on soaring, do they keep that up and make it a standalone thing? Because they tried Orange Theory, didn't they, David Lloyd, a few years back? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, And as a challenge to like Barry's Boot Camp or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, I went to one of them and the experience was completely different. And it just felt very different. And it wasn't, you know, a huge amount worse or whatever, but it's, I mean, I certainly wasn't as... um, I guess uh, environmentally stimulated yeah. like it wasn't loads and loads of outward stimulation from different things mm-hmm. um, which there was at Barry's Boot Camp and One Rebel and whatever yeah. so I think it's it sort of it, how you can it's, it's, it's trying to uh, get lightning in the bottle isn't it yeah. trying, to, trying to make sure you get that right every time it's Definitely. hard um, but I don't think they're going anywhere those sorts of things aren't going yeah. anywhere
0: I think one again going back to the boutique. I think one thing they do really well is they, they they maximize their trainers. Yes, which is what again when you look at commercial club, they'll look at or or trust, it'll just be in one location. Yeah. so I think that's where they have the benefit is that they can have these maybe freelance instructors under a contract, but they can they can filter between different sites. Yeah, which then means standardization. You've got a really sense. good experience. The other
1: final thing um, I wanted to sort of discuss with you was any. I know you've got a lot of education side of things to think about. Any anything on your job that you find sort of the most challenging? Is it David Howardson? Is it him?
0: <laughs> uh, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, the most challenging. Okay. Um, I think for, for, for the reason why I love my role is it's so diverse. Yeah. But as you're aware, I love to, I have to follow things like things are structured. Um, yeah. Um, even if you speak to, to Mr. Swire in marketing, you yeah. pillars, you follow the pillars, you follow the way, and that's the way I've been taught since I've been at Technogym. So if something doesn't go in that pillar or that way, that just frustrates me. Yeah. So if something doesn't go to plan because, um, again, as we discussed, Technogym's well-oiled. I see us, us as a trainer team being well-oiled. So when something falls down and it's not our fault, it really yeah. bugs me. Yeah. Um, you've been talking about heading into a club and it's not actually open yet ready for us or or you've got to wear your high-vis and a helmet because it's it's sort of building work when we were told yesterday that it was an open gym do you know what I mean so it's things like that which you can't control which frustrate me but it's then how do you overcome that and actually go right okay that's that's a little bit of a challenge but we'll we'll get over it and we'll we'll do this Mm -hmm. Um, there's not too much really that I don't um, don't really not like doing Mm. um, because um, I can see where we're going as a team and as a company, um, and over the next, especially the next two to three years, um, there's going to be some 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 great developments and great ways that we, um, again, like you said, making us rock stars or making certain people rock stars and yeah. creating this type of environment that is, is going to happen. Really, um, I mean, but before I even joined Technogym, when we said this this world came up and I found out there were trainers that train people on products, I was like, wow, really? Yeah. Because you've never had that experience. And I think that's still the same, still some people don't realise what we can do and what we can offer. Correct. Um, yeah. And when people are shocked about our products and how fantastic they are, they don't realise what the support they give as well. And they're like, wow, yeah, no one's no one's ever done that for us or mm. done this. So that's that's what keeps me motivated is being able to show people that we are the best. Um, and um, again, some great examples in, in, in this year, what we've done in regards to development for uh, universities yeah. um, Nuffield Health projects is a really key one for us at the moment um, but also as well with some some new, some new um, tenders coming along as well so there's, there's always the potential yeah it's very, it's a, I think it's a, I'm very proud
1: when I go and teach uh, uh, teach anything mm. and it's a Technogym release I went to do a, um, a podcast a little while ago at Loughborough mm. um, and recorded it at Loughborough um, with Amy Alcock the, yeah. the runner I walked in and we're we chock-a-block full of Technogym equipment in the gym and it's you know we've had a hand in that. That's great. Yeah. So it's nice to um, it's nice to be involved in. It. you go to a trade show, be it a FIBO or a whatever LIW back in the day, yeah. whatever it was. And um, you know there are there are so many so many things available in the industry, and you kind of go, how are you going to stand on a stand for three days with with just you know whatever it is you're trying to sell there that's clearly a, like a faddy kind of yeah. product. I never feel that way when I'm. Going yeah. in to do something with Technogym, it's not the same. It's it's. I know I can believe in the product. It's good, definitely. And it's not going to break down. I
0: think I think the really key thing as well. Again, going way back to what you said about what makes us different, it's just the whole. It's the whole development and research that goes into the products yeah. as well. Like you said, when you stand next to a product or you get on it, you know the you know this has been done right, tested, and so on. Yeah. But like you said, if you can go to a a stand and you've got just one piece of new equipment that's taking you, well, how long to do yeah. it? Then you know that potentially the nothing's not much effort's been put into
1: it yeah correct yeah. um but it's, the thing in italy gets me in the factory uh, yeah i won't say sort of too much because i don't know people have will be listening yeah. um but the 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 testing of the equipment was what really stood out to me yeah. it's kind of like mi5 that's what i consider Definitely. mi5 to be you turn up there and it's like you can look that way sign this waiver <laughs> like leave your phone at the side you can't take photos here and you know i'm looking at uh, a treadmill in a room and there's these tyres just banging away on this treadmill just rolling away on this treadmill and it's taken impact up to 120 kilos so yeah. we know it can take the weight of people whatever it is and it's we're going to keep that running for 12 months yeah, consistently 12 months not going to stop it at all it's going to stay on and that's what we know it has X amount of miles in the treadmill belt we know it has that's ridiculous yeah. like I never even considered that no. as an option Like
0: no I mean you look at it as well like the um, plate load equipment and being I think they test it for over something like four to six times more than what it can take so right. most most of the plate load it can take up to 200 I think is kg but yeah. 180 um, but you're tripling that to test it doing I think they, they test it on hydraulics yeah. I think it's 20 reps every hour on the hour yeah. and test it for however long they need to until it breaks so most of the time it doesn't so yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're there for a long time it's so, so I think that's one of the things I think I like I, I think there's some fantastic other products out there um especially around performance, when you look at cycling, running and so on, there are some fantastic products, mm. but also what, what's the innovation with it? You've got a product, but how do you innovate it? How do you make it or progress it? Mm. And I think that's what TechJu are very good at, is being able to see what the trend is, apply it, but then take on the feedback and research. Yeah. And unfortunately, they are products in the end. They are going to sometimes not work properly, yeah. uh, they can have some, some, um, some teething errors. And and so the more so tech you put into something, that's yeah, right. correct, yeah. yeah. So. We'll get over that, but I think the one key thing is, is actually, it's all about the user's experience. Yeah. Whether you're an ex-user or I'm a user, it's always about what do you get from it? Do you get your data? Do you get live feedback? Do you um, are you going to improve your performance? It's all about the user. It's not about the look. It's not yeah. because someone else has done it. It's purely around what can we offer the end user? Yeah. And I think that's the key thing is we're we're never looking at who's done what. Uh, we're looking at how we can do our own thing or do do something to yeah. to, to improve the the market. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there are quite a few fads out there, um, and unfortunately, those things that people buy into. Um, I think I saw at Fibo um, what's the machine, the, the the booty blaster or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Again,
0: but it's a, it's, a, it's an untrend thing type it of training. Yeah. But to create something like that, that is very one-dimensional use. Yeah. It's um, it's it's uh, you've only got the one use for it, really. Yeah. If you don't yeah. want to do that, then that's it. It seems to be
1: that where you where we used to have, you know, in your bodybuilding days, and a leg day, and arm day, and shoulder day, it seems mm-hmm. that every day is 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 butt day now, right? It seems to be the common trend. Um, <coughs> so it's uh, I was talking to a sports therapist friend of mine. She said, "I'm just waiting, just biding my time, and waiting for all the hip problems I'm going to deal with in two years' time." Um, but it's I'm looking at that going. Do you know what? It's better than just constant cardio all the time. Yeah. Like you know if that it's better that you better off having a strong you know strong backside than, yeah. than just cardio all the time definitely so it's, uh, yeah. it's funny how you can sit back and watch these trends go mm. um, Luke thank you for taking the time today I appreciate cool. it